0: Welcome to another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the magicbasketballonline.com name. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pop's Papa Giorgio. The Magic just waved me after a subpar preseason showing by me. Let's go. All right, welcome back. Uh, apologies in advance for my voice. You know it's uh, fall in Orlando when uh, you know everyone seems to be getting sick around me. So apologies in advance for my voice. Spencer, how are you faring with the uh, changing uh, weather? Instead of
1: 95 degrees, it's only like 90 now. Uh, I'm not hating a five degree uh, improvement, but I too am battling sickness. So hopefully our friends won't be too mad at the audio for this episode. So the Orlando Magic are one and four
0: in preseason. Uh, there's all, already only two more preseason games left, so th- we're playing real basketball next week. That's Ooh. yeah, coming up on us. Uh, the record means nothing, uh, like all exhibition seasons. And I think was I don't know if it was like the 2010-11 squad that went like seven and one in preseason, and like the very first game in the Amway Center, they obliterated New Orleans. I want to say by like 54 points. Um, you know, you can't get too excited for preseason. You, you would like to you know, get, at least, get maybe one or two wins here in these last two games, just to kind of get a little bit of momentum going, but it doesn't really matter at this point. The team's developing chemistry. The coaching staff is developing chemistry. But I do want to go over these, these past three games that have gone by. Uh, the Magic faced the Spurs, Pacers, and Hawks. Uh, their one and only exhibition victory uh, came against Indiana. So Vogel got a little bit of revenge there, if you can call preseason revenge actual revenge. But uh, I do want to go over some of the games and just kind of some of the fun stuff that we've been spotting and whatnot. Um, as far as the Spurs game goes, even though, you know, they arrested Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, the Magic got to show off their defensive chops, I felt like. Even though they lost that game 95-89, they held San Antonio to 39% shooting, and um, you know the Spurs got to have a little bit of fun. They they got to show off a, a, a three-tiered Argentinian lineup. Um, you don't see you know, players from other countries get you know three of these players from other countries get to go on on one team. And they had Ginobili and uh, uh, Laprovittola and uh, Patricio Garino, Magic Summer Leaguer, who we seem to always be cursing at him for getting all those great defensive plays against yep. us. But um, You know, for that game, Evan Fournier has had a heck of a preseason, and he had a great game in that Spurs game on on Wednesday. He dropped 20 points. Uh, Jeff Green, I think he's trying to prove doubters wrong, at least in the preseason he is, before the actual games matter, and we have to start cursing at him. Just enough to tantalize us and then deprive us when it counts. You know, Jeff Green had 18 points in that game. Um, You know, as far as magic, consistent magic uh, contributors, you know, I already talked about Fournier. Fournier's is averaging 18 and points per game in four preseason games so far. Um, you know, I think only Mar, yeah, Mario Hezonja and Bismack Biombo, and CJ Wilcox and Damian Rudez, So four guys are the only four guys to have played all every preseason game so far for the Magic. Uh, Vogel's been, you know, resting guys. Be it due to injury or just resting guys as a reward, right? But can be expected. Um, if Fournier can average eighteen and a half points per game on fifty-seven point one field goal percentage shooting and fifty-two point four percent three point shooting, I think he's going to be an all star this year. Um, does he look?
1: Does he look different to you from say six months ago? Uh, not entirely. And again, we're we're fortunate that the last couple of years that he's been here. He's gotten off on a hot start both of those those years. So it looks like he's rounding into form and his third year should be no exception. I would say maybe the only the only difference is maybe uh, just a little more confidence in terms of obviously he's financially secure now um, and he's been given the ball by management and the coaching staff. So I think when you're when you're playing on the floor and your confidence is that it's utmost highest level uh the results come tend to come a little bit easier too yeah i think yeah i mean hopefully you know
0: unlike previous years he'll this hot streak will continue for a long time um i think a big reason and he get and part of it's just i think the cast is just better there's less focus on him and more on guys like Ibaka, right um you know vooch is going to take up a lot of attention as well. Whether We'll figure out who's going to be the actual leading scorer. Um, it, it seems like it's going to be down to Vucevic or Fournier. Right now, I think I'm still leading to Vucevic as far as leading scores go on the team. But, um, you know, Evans seems to just have a lot more freedom. And, you know, I, I got a very intriguing quote out of him in, in regards to, you know, Bismack Biombo, his addition, to this team has not it's not just about the blocks or the rebounds the guy set some of the best screens i've seen in a long time for this magic team maybe since dwight maybe set some better than dwight he's a he's a monster let me know if the a roof i man. but I've, I've never played with this guy that can get you up and on the screens like that you know, i was uh playing a pick and roll and i was all of a sudden by myself <laughs> on the half i was like whoa you know so he's great man he's really really good
1: Well, look, it's always nice as a two-guard to play with a big guy who, you know, gives you a little bit extra room to operate, whether that's turning the corner clearly to get into the lane or an extra half second to get your jump shot off standing behind a screen. And it sounds, uh, you know, simplistic, but screen setting is a skill. It's an art and it's a skill. And you think about the great screen setters and oftentimes they're wide-bodied guys and biz is, is certainly not that, but... He has that ability to make solid contact with the angle of his screen and to get there on time and really lay a hit on somebody, and you're seeing it pay dividends so far in the preseason. And unlike a Kevin Garnett screen, it actually looks fairly
0: legal. It doesn't seem like he's moving. Um, you know, he just puts energy into everything. That's yeah. the one. That's two. There's two things that every single person that has talked about in regards to Biz seems to love about, and one of them is his just character. He's just a great guy on and off the court. But two, when he's on that court, his energy is ridiculous. And so far, he hasn't mailed it in. He hasn't been sitting on that big paycheck yet. We'll see if he can carry through
1: that the whole season. We'll find out. And that's a solid point, too, about the energy. That's that's one of the things that neg- positive or negative is, is contagious in a locker room and on a basketball floor. And when you look to somebody like him who's bringing it 100% every night, it makes everyone else on the team have to match that level of output.
0: And Biombo, look, he's not here to score points. Um, He is leading the team in in free throw attempts. He's getting 5.2 attempts per game so far. Um, He's only making 2.2 attempts per game at this point. So I think last year he was like around 60%, I want to say. So far he's at 42.3%. But the positive is he's averaging 10.8 rebounds per game and two blocks per game in about 25 minutes of action, which is pretty much what he'll probably play, yeah, maybe, if not more, you know, as as you know, in, during the regular season. So, I mean, from a progress, from a from a you know, statistical basis, and just as far as the eye test goes, as long as he's shooting. Anything, or as long as he's
1: only shooting dunks, basically, right. and not shooting anything else, y- you're getting what you want, pretty much, from him. I think, in terms of signing him to that contract, aside from it being an insurance policy on trading or you know losing Vucevic or Ibaka, in that right, regard, with yeah. that too, uh, you're you're banking on him improving his touch around the basket. Uh, you mentioned the little hitch in his free throw, so hopefully they get Dave Love on the case, the Magic shooting coach, to you know, work through that and improve it if necessary, uh, probably necessary. But one of the things that I've noticed so far is oftentimes uh, Biz seems a lot more comfortable jumping off of two feet as opposed to one foot. So when he's catching a ball either off the rebound, trying to go back up for second chance points, or he's getting a dump off from Fournier or something, that extra half second to gather himself and jump off two feet allows defenders to get a chance to hack him and put him on the line where he's, he's you know, taking two foul shots instead of an and one or instead of simply finishing the play. That's one of those things that can be frustrating as a fan when he's going to the line and he's going two for nine yeah. and two for ten. Um, just like energy is contagious, I think bad free throw shooting tends to be contagious too, where, you know, you go up and you watch Dwight Howard miss a bunch and then J.J. Redick comes up and splits the pair, so... I think, uh, biz has shown that he's willing to go to the little lefty righty hook and those are good things, but if he could go up a little bit quicker or go up off one foot, I think his numbers would improve across the board. And you'll remember too, uh, going back to his pre-draft workout with Charlotte, he actually, uh, Charlotte does a thing where they have people dunk the ball off the same jump repeatedly until they max out. Yeah. He did that off two feet he set the record in Charlotte for most consecutive dunks I don't remember what it was but it was I mean like 50 60 in a row which is he's ridiculous and cr- just crazy crazy athletic so that's why he's jumping off too but if you can speed up that timing mechanism and get there off one foot and lay it in before you get fouled uh, the magic will score a lot more points than they end up leaving on the table
0: yeah as far as the bad free throw shooting being contagious you kind of got a point there at this point um, the magic are shooting 69.9% from the free throw line so far in the preseason not great um the one guy that's definitely i guess watching biz shooting free throws too much is evan fournier he's at 63.6 uh free throw percent he missed a lot in the in the recent uh hawks loss um he had a couple of, like technical fouls too which you yeah. can't have that if you're taking technical fouls i mean the magic last year uh from the free throw line they shot 75.7 percent which not is bad. middle of the pack right yeah. there now Here's the cool thing that I like about this team so far is they're getting to the free-throw line a lot. Um, ever since Dwight left, the Magic have pretty much been the worst free-throw attempt team in the league three of the past four years. right? And I think the, the year they weren't bottom, they were like 27th, I think, at yeah, best. So, still bottom tier. Um, you know, I can recall Frank Vogel, during his entire head coaching tenure with Indiana, the worst his team ever was at getting to the free-throw line was like 18th. And that was the year that Paul George was out. Right. Every other year, he was like top 13, I want to say. So, um, so far, you know, the Magic, last year, they got to the free throw line 20, or they shot 20.1 free throw attempts per contest. Again, worse in the league. Uh, This year, so far, they're doing a lot better at 26.6 free throw attempts. Um, That puts you pretty much near the top of the league, if not at the top of the league almost, as far as attempts go. Um, Now, preseason you get more whistles right. you get more free throws um there's a bit of a hack of biombo factor in there potentially it might be artificially inflated but it's still free points that you could potentially get and not i mean honestly that if you get to the free throw line at a decent clip
1: odds are you're going to be a good team like that's in your favor in that regard and you hit the nail on the head too earlier speaking about uh DJ Augustine where he's relentlessly attacking the goal and throwing his body into harm's way i think between uh, Peyton, Augustine, and Fournier. We should get a lot more action going in, driving to the rim. You talk about Haka Biombo, but also the offense is going to generate more out of the post. And the closer that you get the ball to the basket, the more likely you are to draw contact. So we should see those numbers improve over last season where we were getting a lot of our offense from the mid-range and the perimeter.
0: Yeah, you know, I mentioned Biombo is getting 5.2 free throw attempts per game. Um, second would be Jeff Green at 3.5. Uh, you got a couple guys at 3 even with the Serge Ibaka and uh, Aaron Gordon, I believe. Um, yeah, Aaron Gordon. And then... Uh, At 2.8 attempts per game, you got both Evan Forney and DJ Augustine. Those are all healthy numbers, and if they can all somehow carry that over into the regular season, the Magic are going to be in pretty good shape as far as getting to the line. Yeah. Um, Talk about the Pacers game. It's so far the sole victory that the Magic have had this preseason. Uh, Frank Vogel got a little bit of revenge against his old assistant coaches and new Pacers head coach Nate McMillan. Uh, the Magic won that game uh, on Friday, 114-106. Uh, High-scoring affair. Uh, the complete opposite of the Spurs game, basically, as far as um, n- the Magic. Frank Fogle, for the past two games now, is stuck to a 10-man rotation. And he's mentioned how he wants to kind of go with that uh, in the future moving forward. But, you know, that was a game that both teams took it very seriously towards the finish. Both teams had their starters. It was basically a regular season game. and yeah. It was encouraging to see the Magic win that game. Um, Aaron Gordon was frustrating Paul George on both ends of the court. Um, you know, you had Serge Ibaka posting up a beastly 19 points and 17 rebounds in the contest. Um, you know, Alfred Payton, even though he shot four of 13 in that game, you started seeing more of what Alfred Payton should be. You know, he took Jeff Teague to the hole a lot. You know, he had 11 points in that game um aaron gordon he's he's starting to show off a little bit of stuff you know he's got a little euro stip going he's pulling up off of pick and rolls with the ball in his hand you know he had 15 points in that pacers game um off the bench that was that was a hell of a second unit effort the pacers game you got jeff green pouring in 16 points you know jeff green is averaging uh you know 14.5 points per game in the preseason if he does that, he's make he's he's pretty much earning his money at that point. Right, fifteen million dollars is a lot, but it's a one year deal, and the man's trying to prove himself. <laughs> sure. And if he can do that as a sixth or seventh man, we'll take it. The Magic are on their way to being a playoff team. I feel like, yeah. Um, you know, you had Biambo coming off the bench in that one. He had nine points, uh, nine rebounds, two blocks. That's that's what you bring him in for. Um, you know, CJ Wilcox with Jody Meeks out and Mario Hazonia having his struggles. CJ Wilcox is uh is putting together a pretty respectable preseason. You know, he's shooting forty percent from three point range. You know, he's getting five point six points per game off the bench right now. You know, he had eleven he had twelve points and four rebounds and three steals in that Pacers win. He was a game high plus minus of plus twenty six, so kid did some good stuff. Um Probably one of the most more encouraging games that we've seen in a long time from C.J. Watson, maybe ever in a Magic jersey, be it preseason or not. It he he had his speed. He had that speed that the Magic signed him for. You know that hamstring injury seems to be well behind him in the past. You know he had eight points, ten assists, uh, four rebounds, and I mean the guy was you know picking his spots as far as making making his impact on the court, be it. You know, Darden cutting across the lane, getting a, an easy layup, or just pat, moving the ball around. And speaking of moving the ball around, Damian Rudez is the, one of probably the biggest surprises of this preseason he's so far. He's not going to miss a three-pointer, is he? Um, he's missed a few, but he's if he's shooting at the clip that he continues to be shooting at, you know, the big Croatian, he's shooting uh, seventy. Oops, sorry, 72.7% from three-point range. I will take that very, very much. That'll and, help
1: you make a roster. For um,
0: sure. You know, he's he's gotten out of out of the six training camp invites. He's gotten 14 po- minutes per game by far and away the most out of out of the training camp invites. It seems like he's guaranteed himself the 14th spot on the roster. Um, you know, in that Pacers game, you know, Rudez posted 11 points, uh, five assists, and four rebounds. Um, he looked. I think Vucevic had the quote that he looked like a slow Steve Nash out there, <laughs> but the man was wheeling and dealing, and he had like some Showtime type highlights in that game. And Vogel see, calls him the the smartest guy on the court as far as basketball IQ goes. And I mean, look, Vogel's familiar with Augustine, Watson, Rudez from his days with the Pacers, and so you know he brought Rudez in knowing what he could potentially do, and he's proven it so far. And I think that Rudez has done a heck of a job so far. And like I said, I think yep. he's going to get that 14th roster.
1: And he might be a step ahead of everyone else too in terms of offensive concepts, right? It's easier to make sure you're getting a clean look. And, you know, he's he's catching the ball up top. He's swinging quickly to the other side. It's not getting stuck up there. Um just in comparison to a guy like Channing Fry from last year, where it's the same kind of skill set. Obviously, I think it's probably not debatable that Fry is a better player and maybe even a better shooter. He might actually be faster than Rudez, but, too. But the looks, that they, strictly speaking, the looks that were generated on offense, Channing Fry could never quite get his game to mesh with what the Magic were doing, and Rudez seems to be a Frank Vogel system player
0: yeah um you know going back to Vogel focusing more on 10 man rosters uh, what's your opinion of that so far with this magic team i mean look Rudez has been on the court um you know the guys that haven't been seeing the floor out of you know the 13th 13 guys with contracts has been it's been a lot of cj Watson's been sitting out when both Alfred and DJ Augustine have been playing um You know, also the rookie Steven Zimmerman, like we expected, not seeing the floor when there's obviously much more better quality big men in front of him.
1: Um, How do you like in the 10-man rotation right now? I like it. And for the first time in a long time, we actually have 10 rotation quality players on the roster to to put out there. And that's not
0: even counting Jody Meeks, who would pretty much, you know, be fighting for minutes over Hazonia and and CJ Wilcox. Again, Wilcox is is doing his job as far as three-point shooting goes. Um, Speaking of three-point shooting, the Magic three-point attempts and three-point percentage is up so far in this preseason. Again, yes, it's preseason, but, you know, when you have the second unit just torching torching the net, basically. You got, you know, Augustine, Wilcox, Rudez, all pouring in threes. Yeah. It's not just Evan Fournier. I mean, it's it, the team's looking pretty good. You know, last year the Magic were 23rd in three-pointers made, uh, in the league, um, they were middle of the pack as far as three point percentage goes. They shot thirty five percent, but you got if you want to be a playoff team, you got to be better than that. And so far, the Magic are proving to be uh, better than that. Um, they're getting twenty three point six three point attempts per game. It's about an attempt more than what they were averaging last year, but they're shooting the ball forty three point two percent from long range. And if you do
1: anything like that, yeah. you're definitely a playoff team. If you could do that, for sure. Um, I think definitely not only the three-point shooting, but also the offensive rebounding. That's going to be something that uh, will be interesting to watch over the course of the season, where either they're going to have to continue to hit at that 40, 42% clip and not have teams get out in transition, or Ibaka, Vucevic, especially Biombo, are going to have extra opportunities to clean up and get, you know, second chance points and even, uh, in the case of Biombo probably second chance kickout points for for inside out threes too. So uh, definitely going to be multifaceted on the offensive end and the the kind of uh, interplay between makes and misses and threes and second chance points will be something that we'll have to watch for the effectiveness moving forward
0: um you can agree or disagree but I think it'd be a travesty if the magic weren't a top five offensive rebounding team oh they have to be with the roster they've assembled for sure I mean based off what I'm seeing because it's when you got you know your six four point guard Alfred Payton darting in to the lane getting rebounds Mario Hazonia who I guess forced Paul Porter to call him six nine Mario Hazonia (laughs) is going in for offensive rebounds. And then you got, you know, your athletic man child and Aaron Gordon. Yeah. You got Bismack Biombo, Baca, Vucevic just going in and and getting boards as 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 they please, really, honestly. Um Biombo for it, it, just gonna be such a crapshoot most of the time because you see him flying around and sometimes he can't even keep like the balance of his own body. He's got that much energy. But that can be to his advantage. That chaos kind of like throws off his opponents, and he just takes advantage of that. And I mean, I, I don't want to say they'll be the number one offensive rebounding team in the league, but
1: I I'm willing to say they'll be top three actually. So. I think top three too. And with Biombo, I think it's going to be uh exciting and equal parts exciting and infuriating because he has all the tools to basically put up 20 points and 20 rebounds a night just on garbage opportunities yeah and i'm sure there'll be two or three times this season where he goes 20 20 on putbacks and stuff and then there will be an equal amount of times where he gets 19 rebounds and has four points because he can't convert anything that he picks up
0: all right so let's talk about this recent hawks game that happened on sunday Uh, The Magic did lose that 105-98. Atlanta rested a bunch of people, which kind of, I guess, frustrates me a little bit with with this Magic loss. Um, It literally, out of their five starters you would expect them to have on the season, Paul Millsap was the only guy who started. Uh, Dwight Howard was too busy at Fun Spot to play in the game. (laughs) Um, Dennis Schroeder was out. You know, Tiago Splitter was going to be coming off the bench for them. He's still out. Um, Kent Bazemore was rested, and Kyle Korver, I guess, is dealing with an injury. He didn't even make the trip. Um, the Magic were I, they they rested guys like Vucevic, Jeff Green. Uh, I think I'm missing one more. CJ Watson. Watson. They rested, and you know they they lost guys like Thabo Cephalosia dropping 15 points. Um, you know Paul Millsap for his first preseason game looked like he was ready for the regular season. Surprisingly, just because he was dealing with a leg injury, I, and and he, I think he did like a minor procedure, too, I
1: want to say, to his leg. But he looked great. He had 19 points in that game. Paul Millsap was great, and that's to be expected, even though he's coming off of an injury and just getting going. But when you let Josh Magette look like Steve Nash, that's when you start getting a little concerned. He was also a
0: Magic Summer Leaguer right. as well. Um, I, I guess I was concerned to see their rookies, DeAndre Embry of uh, Bembry and uh, Torian Prince, who yeah. looked like Tayshaun Prince, Doing some damage against the Magic, and then you got Tim Hardaway Jr. being like their crunch time closer down the line, right. getting 19 points. Um, you know, this was the first game that we got to see Biombo and Ibaka get extended minutes together with no Vooch. Uh, it was a block party, even though the Magic did get out blocked 11 to 10. It didn't seem like it because right. of all the highlight rejections. But I mean, Biombo had a, a, a lot. he had seven points. He was only three of ten from the free throw line, but he had 19 rebounds. Five blocks, two assists, and, I mean, he he had that one ridiculous block where he chased down uh, Mike Scott, pin, it pinned it up against the glass, that dunk attempt, and then he gave him the fin- first finger wag in the Magic jersey. So, um, Fun play. You know, Ibaka continues to, to score well. I mean, he had 25 points in the game. Ibaka, for the preseason, is averaging 17 points per game on 59.4% field goal shooting. And the key thing is he's he's hit two thirds of his three pointer so far. Yeah, um, and he's still getting about nine rebounds per game, and he's averaging a block
1: a game, and he's looking like the guy the Magic wanted to get. Um, he has a rudimentary post game, which sounds like it should not be a compliment, but it kind of is. Like he he's got the turnaround jump shot. And he doesn't quite have a feel for when to go up and when he's got the clear look. But, but he's it's making effective. It. He's it's effective. He's making it. And he it's going to be a three-tier little offensive output for him. You're going to get some post touches where he either overpowers somebody or goes to the fall away. You're going to get that mid-range off the pick and pop. And then, as you mentioned, he's sliding out to the corner three and knocking those down too. So a lot of areas for him to do damage. Um, I... I was pretty impressed by that
0: duo, but you know that third quarter was where it was what did the magic in and kind of that front court in. Uh, Atlanta, Mike Budenhoser figured out a way to kind of just get wide open shots and give give Atlanta credit. They drilled their threes and they they, they were able to show that as athletic as Biombo is, he can't really cover a guy that can hit a, hit a three pointer or can drive on him in that respect. But I mean, who knows? A, a lot of that's chemistry a lot that's figuring out where other guys are on the floor um again it's preseason you want to get all this stuff out of the way i did think during the fourth quarter when the magic were looking for a bucket that's where they deeply deeply needed nikola vucevic on the floor for a basket and that's why you know people you know shouting out when are we trading nick vucevic what can we get for him we need to just calm down um he is very valuable I said earlier, I think he'll still lead the magic in scoring this season. Even though Vuc is struggling, he's shooting around 30-something percent from the floor during preseason. A lot of those are wide-open looks, though. I trust he'll make them once the season starts. And I still think that you're starting Vucevic and Ibaka for at least the first portion of the season.
1: I think you have to. and And we talk about... Uh, the Ibaka and Biombo pairing defensively, I thought they did have enough moments that it lived up to the hype. And when the regular season rolls around, and especially going into the third and fourth quarter, uh, and crunch time, when you can go offense-defense, there's not going to be too many better options than what the Magic have to roll out there uh, when they need a bucket and when they need a stop. I think you mentioned some trouble in the second half in terms of keeping perimeter players in front, but that's one of the things that I was looking for Mike Budenholzer run, runs a nice offensive system. It's tough for a lot of people to stop, but Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo can basically switch 3 through 5 and cover out to the perimeter and it gives you a lot of options to to come up with stops you know a lot of extra chances but the guards have to do their job too they can't just wait for the bigs to clean up the mess behind them
0: yeah and again that's just chemistry that's just them figuring out you know i I think some of it too is just they marvel at watching babaca and biombo do work right now um they haven't really been used to seeing that from from their big guys no offense to current or past bigs on the team but uh yeah i i I think right now, and look again Biombo won't be able to play opening night because he's still got that suspension from the playoffs so um you know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting how the magic handle that opening night without Biombo, but again vu Chewbacca, that's your pairing, and I'm still pretty pretty stuck on uh you know Fournier and Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payne being the other five starters. Have you changed your mind on that no, at this I think, point
1: I think that's the way it's gonna go, and I think. That's the way it should go too, based on based on performance.
0: Yeah, um, Alfred, he's he's starting to round into form. I mean, look, he's he's still he's still only making a third of his three pointers, um, which that's actually kind of good for him, <laughs> historically speaking. But uh, you know, he's shooting thirty eight percent from the floor. I, you know, he, he's he's getting into the flow again. You can kind of see it um he's picking his moments and look like, he does, he he can literally be the fifth scoring option on the floor that's not the that's not the issue as long as he's defending as long as he's distributing you know he's he needs to protect the ball a little bit
1: better he's averaging 4.7 turnovers per game um and I think that's a byproduct not only of getting to know new players and and new spots on the floor but also the magic are trying to push the pace so you're going to you're going to have a little more volume in terms of turnovers too when you try and get out in transition and move the ball quick. Yeah and I I do I will
0: say that I am impressed uh, with Alfred's uh, much improved running floater. Um he's yeah. he's whipped that thing out. Uh, he's he, I mean he, if he's not getting all the way to the basket, he's happily you know, letting go of the ball 10 feet from the basket, and he's getting really good shots up. So, I'm looking forward to him continuing to go with that shot. Um,
1: any worries about Mario Hazonia at That was this point? so that that was what I was going to ask you that question exactly. So, there's a lot of positives from a lot of different people. We've been through five preseason games, we're roughly a week away from the start of the regular season. How much does Mario Hazonius' play concern you? And to me, it's not just that his shots aren't going down. It's the decision-making, the shots he's taking, the kind of the overall apathy that he seems to be playing with. Uh, I didn't see this coming, did you? I did not, especially since... I mean, I, I watched him
0: the whole summer. I watched him during a lot of illegally online stream sure. friendlies he was playing with the Croatian national team. I was in Greece watching him play for the Croatian national team, helping them qualify for the Olympics. I watched him at the Olympics. Um, look, even when his shot wasn't going down, he was still doing a lot of other things. And for the most part, you know, he's he's been able to show decent distribution here and there. I mean, look, Mario is averaging. Is shooting thirty one point six percent from the field. That's not acceptable. That's why you know when you see a guy like C J Wilcox shooting forty percent from three and forty percent from the field, you're gonna think about playing him more than Mario. Um, Jeff Green is playing for that new big contract. He's at, Jeff Green is shooting fifty percent from three point range and forty six point five percent from the field. Like yeah. he's going to get a lot of small forward minutes especially if the Magic's bigs are doing very well, and if they want to slide Aaron Gordon up to the four, you're going to see Jeff Go- Jeff Green play a lot of small forward. And right now, Mario isn't putting up a good fight at this point. And look, Vogel's saying all the right things. He's showing all his confidence in the kid. He's starting him a whole bunch, trying to get him as many minutes as possible just to try and get him kind of out of this funk. Um, he does look a little lost on the court, though. And I... I mean, even like his, his, his spots on the floor, he's, again, a lot of this is chemistry, but I think a lot of it is just indecisiveness and just trying to figure out, you know, what, what will be most effective as far as producing for the team will be. Um, I mean, you know, I want to mention some of the other stats. Hezoni is averaging 3.2 rebounds per game, uh, 1.4 assists per game, but he's coughing up 2.6 turnovers, and that's the big issue is if you're
1: not shooting the ball well, you can't cough it up. Yeah, I think the word that you said was unacceptable, and I think that's an apt description of his play. We talk about a potential 10-man rotation. Not only is he going to get pushed by C.J. Wilcox, but at a certain point, if he's putting up the same kind of numbers he is in the preseason. and, And it's not just numbers, right? Because you know, at any time he can get hot and nail a string of three-pointers, he's got that kind of irrational confidence about him. I mean, he hit a half-court shot right. literally a split second after the buzzer, so like he's going to let it fly. Right. But if if the, the kind of general malaise that he's displaying oftentimes on the floor continues, that's an easy way for Jody Meeks to walk his way right back into the rotation when he gets healthy, too. Um, so we'll, see if, if these
0: final two games again, you know, on the road against the heat and then, uh, back at home against new Orleans you know, hopefully the magic will give him a bunch of minutes. Like I want to see him play like 35 minutes in each of those games. Um, especially since the magic are playing the heat literally a week after they face them here in this preseason. So I imagine both teams won't really show much of their hand. Yeah. I expect Vogel to really play a lot of his bench and even, um, you know, some of the training camp guys that are still on the team because the Magic cut their roster down from 19 to 16. Uh, they said goodbye to Brandon Dawson, uh, Cliff Alexander, and Kevin Murphy, who are all waived after the Magic's lost to Atlanta. So that leaves three uh, training camp invites left. Damian Rudesh, who I think everybody can agree is going to get that 14th spot, and then Orenze Onuwaku and Nick Johnson. Um it seems like Vogel seems to be fairly open to uh, to possibly giving the 15th spot to either Oniwaka or Johnson. I will tell you, though, I think Nick Johnson's played like 13 minutes total, and so he hasn't really had a chance to, to show much just because he's got better guys in front of him and Alfred, Augustine, Watson, um, because Nick Johnson's looking to get on as a point guard, and yeah. I just don't see the minutes for him. So I don't know if he's opened up the idea of him going down to the D-League I don't know if that's the same thing with Onowaku, but at least Onowaku's played some minutes, and he's shown, you know, uh, he's shown a, a tendency to actually score in the post and throw just to have another big body in there because you don't know what you're going to get from Steven Zimmerman. Um, I'm kind of leaning right now towards the Magic leaving that 15th man roster spot open. In
1: case they they have an injury problem, but uh, what what do you think the Magic should do with that fifteenth spot? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, and I guess it's not great for the podcast. And we <laughs> agree all the time, but argue me, damn it, <laughs> argue Even, me. Uh, going back to that Atlanta game, I think Onowaku played like eleven minutes, and that was that might have been the worst eleven minute performance for a guy who made three out of five buckets. You know, he just. Uh, had some hands of stone moments, didn't quite get on the same page ever with CJ Wilcox. Um, he showed why he's been on the fringe and on the outside looking in, right? He has all these, he's a big, wide body. He works his tail off on the defensive end. He's got a solid little scoop post hook thing going on yeah but he can't quite put it together he certainly doesn't have the quickness and agility to match the elite athletes that are on the blocks and the post in the nba in today's nba so i would agree with you i think the way things are looking i would imagine that nick johnson and orinza onowaku will be cut before the start of the regular season, I think you'll see us go with a 14-man roster. I think on the first day that they can, they're going to ship Zimmerman off to Erie, where he'll stay for probably the, the whole year, barring any injury. And I think that we'll dress uh, Rudez as you know our 13th man, and that'll be the 13-man roster that we see throughout the course of the season, again, barring injury.
0: Yeah, we'll see how the Magic treat the Bay- the Erie Bayhawks this year, because we're, we're expecting an announcement here soon where the Magic will announce where they're... D League affiliate will be next year and for the years to come because it's pretty much down to Kissimmee or Lakeland and it better be Lakeland. Don't do Kissimmee <laughs> for the love of God. Um, that Silver Spurs Arena just would be out of the way. I think for for any yeah. any folks that actually want to watch a basketball game like Lakeland, you're kind of even though you're on the you're on I four, it's still a free a free. You're not paying tolls to get there. Right. Um, you're still fairly close to the Tampa area. And you're not too far away from Orlando, though. And so it'll be interesting to see if the Magic actually sends Zimmerman there or if they do keep him and be like, hey, you can bang around with Vucevic, Biambo, and Ibaka. You know, there's a lot of quality big men that
1: he'll go up against where he won't go up against any of those in the D-League. That's true, too. And I think as with uh, other teams that we've seen over the course of the year, uh, last several seasons, it's kind of schedule dependent, right? Once the season kicks into gear... Sometimes it's hard to find consecutive practice days and stuff like that. So uh, when you see the team is heavy on games and light on practice days, he'll probably go to up to Pennsylvania. Yeah, he will do. Good.
0: Yeah, when the Magic go on to like a West Coast trip, I, I expect Zimmerman to, yeah. to be
1: up in Erie, and so. And that just makes fiscal sense. Well, that's we don't too, need to yeah. buy him a hotel room over in San Francisco. No, 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 not with that cost. No per living. diem no for you, Steven.
0: Um, lastly, the Magic held their open practice. Uh, we did not go because the, we were in Tampa over the weekend playing uh, at that wonderful Top Golf facility that over was there. Fun. Can't wait for the Orlando one and I Drive to open up. Uh, even though you and I both suck at golf, um, the way Top Golf has those games within the driving range. It's really cool, and even if you can't swing a club, it, I, I can't wait to keep playing that. Still now. Still a fun time, yeah. So, uh, but the Magic had their open practice at at Amway Center. It was free and open to the public. Not much of the public showed up, which no. was disappointing. Um, very disappointing, honestly. Just because I mean, it's a, this is gonna be a fun team to watch, and you know, Vogel made it a fun occasion. You know, they played knockout. They had a three point shooting contest along with the you know, the typical in, intra squad scrimmage that they have. Um, Vogel did once again preach that uh, playoffs are definitely the goal. Um, I think he told he asked the crowd if they were tired of missing the playoffs, and then he literally said um, that ends this year. So that's pretty close to a guarantee. He's on the record. Um, he's on the record, and they're they're not shying away from from saying that they're a playoff team. And honestly, with all the injuries we're seeing around the Eastern Conference, and just some of the inconsistencies we're seeing with some of the East teams. We're, we're both, I think, we agree that this should still be a playoff team, and I
1: don't think anything, barring heavy injuries, will change that here going into next week. Yeah, if we don't make the playoffs, I think it's definitely a disappointment this season. Uh, one of the things that I like about Vogel, you know I'm a huge Stan Van Gundy guy. Uh, oh yeah, me too. He's, he's a lovable curmudgeon, and then from him, we went to the ultimate corporate shill in Jacques Vaughn, who basically to the public had no original ideas or thoughts there was no personality emanating from him then we transition uh to scott skiles not counting borrego in the interim who uh was frankly just an asshole yeah right? i mean he was done playing the game yeah and he was he was just an asshole and now he's gone and now with frank vogel i think you have uh he's a company guy and that He's willing to put in the work and do those kind of things that are required outside of just coaching, right? Van Gundy did it grudgingly. I think Vogel does those things willingly, and as evidenced by how he interacted with the small group of fans that attended the open practice, and also too on the uh, on the pregame introduction, he's the first coach in a while. I definitely not Van Gundy. I think he's the first coach in a while who actually smiles during the you know ball holding look up at the jumbotron thing. So. Uh, it's a cute. It's a cute yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
0: like slight bit of awkwardness when right? he does
1: it, but. But the, um, the grin yeah. shows up eventually, and that's mm. something that you're definitely, you weren't getting from Skiles, you weren't getting from Van Gundy. Uh, I don't know if Jock Vaughn did it or not, but it was not a memorable term anyway, so it doesn't count.
0: Yeah, I think, and I actually, Vogel has a little bit of asshole in him, which is good. Just enough. It's yeah. just enough. Like, he's got literally, like, the best of those three coaches, I feel like. Yeah. And you hear it when he's, like, yelling at the refs, when he's yelling at at, at his players to a point, but... He's really going to get on the refs, and I'll be curious to see how many technicals he picks up because he does it enough to where he gets the officials' attention, but he hasn't really pissed anyone off yet. So He's
1: a little fiery, and, and, and that's nice to see, too. Um, you can tell that the players genuinely like him already. They can sense that he's going to bat for them, and that's one of those things with uh, today's modern players. You, get, you attract more flies with honey. He definitely has a positive... Uh, Uh, Tenor in terms of his interactions with the players, and I think that goes a long way in in keeping them productive.
0: All right, so I got two final questions for you. Um, In regards to Amway Center, how are we liking the in-game music so far, and how are we liking the uh, brand-new
1: lighting that is being displayed at Amway Center? I like the music. I've always liked Simon. I think he's doing a better job. I don't like the in-arena MCs, but that's, you know, if you... It's I, hard to imagine a step down from Scotty B, and yet we've had consecutive step down step downs from Scotty B. Steps down.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I just try to kind of just not even think about it anymore. Like I'm gonna just. I keep ignoring. I'm just trying to ignore like the four slow clap and. Yeah. Just some of the other
1: stuff, like I'm gonna, you go, girl, and is
0: Brazil in the house, and stuff like that. And so. I'm
1: going to rail on one other thing, too, and I know that you're trying to get extra perks for season <laughs> ticket holders and stuff, but <laughs> yeah. the the five, four, three, two, one 3 one countdown before every introduction has got to go, and I think that when we're in positions of power... That's the first thing that I would eliminate because it's just terrible. And like nobody does it right. Like it's not that hard. I feel like people can't count backwards from five, and the the timings never right. So that's got to go. With regard to the lighting, boy, it's bright in there, isn't it? I like it though. It makes um, the wood. It makes the parquet wood look totally different. It almost like looks it white too. now. It yeah. doesn't even look white. It yeah. doesn't even look like wood. It Those just are looks some white. Clear LED light bulbs. I don't mind it, but I would like to see them darken up the 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 people. And not you know. Normally they turn the lights off on the second level now, and the uh, promenade. They're right. Sitting in darkness. I'd like to see them dim the lights a little more in the lower level too, and give it more of that Staples Center vibe. Especially since there's actually probably more uh, emptier seats Ouch. in the lower bowl yeah. than the upper
0: bowl, yeah. just because. Great job on the fast break, pass magic. Right? Uh, no, send but, people down there, but yeah, they need to send people down there. And I, I just need some of those supposed season ticket holders in the lower bowl to either get to their seats or just get, don't get get go outside of the club section yeah. too. I mean, it, it's it's frustrating to see that. So. Yeah, the lighting's great. Um, I will now actually excuse any. I uh, just uh, I will allow anyone to actually wear sunglasses if they want to down there if they're sitting close enough because it is bright. Um, I haven't sat baseline yet, but just being uh, up in the upper bowl in the media section, yeah, um, it is bright. And so, um, yeah, I'll excuse anyone who wants to be a douche and wear sunglasses. Um, I'm not telling you to do it,
1: but I will. I will allow
0: it at this point.
1: Um, One final note: the the lights are bright. It looks good. What do you think of the court little minor tweak this season? Uh, they got rid of the blue lettering on the baseline. They switched it over to white and now both baselines say Orlando Magic again. What do you think of that?
0: I like it cuz it's just it kind of reminds me of the old court in the in the early mid 90s. It looks clean. It looks yeah. clean. Um it's great because you don't notice it, but you you would notice uh, you would have noticed how little off it looked last year. Um, but no, no, you're probably the first person that's actually pointed that out to me. And but I, I did notice it, and you are right; it does look clean, and that's, that's a good thing. It's not too showy. It's just it's just right. It, it flows
1: well. Great court, great lighting, great PA announcer, and Paul Porter. Now we just got to get those fans out of the goddamn club section and back in their seats. You can bring two beers with you back to your seat. You can bring a to-go plate with you back to your seat. Get down there. You can use the freaking Magic app now. Support the team from your seat and not in the club. And then all we just need now is Fox Sports Florida to pump more money into the
0: Magic than they do Tampa Bay Lightning. There you go. So um that'll do it that's my hot take right there um that'll do it for the podcast uh you can follow us on twitter at MagicMBO for the uh, site story only feed spencer what's your twitter handle at spencer strode and i can be found at papa giorgio mbo um amazed my voice hasn't died off yet so we did a good job going to the finish uh we appreciate you listening to the podcast please subscribe please review and rate us five stars if you can Uh, We can be heard anywhere, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher. And until next time, we will see you again.